Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are streaming from uh, downtown Idaho Falls in beautiful Idaho today. And we have Dr. Paul Thomas, a direct primary care doctor out in Detroit, who will be um, with us today. Uh, first of all, thank you for tuning in uh, on my Facebook. As always, we stream our midweek podcast uh, 8 to 9 a.m. on Thursday, and you can also tune in on live on the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. Please subscribe to that YouTube site so you don't miss any episodes. We archive all those episodes, too, and, and, and pull some short videos off of them so you don't have to watch the entire video to get little snippets of, of our show. So um, without further ado, I am going to shortly introduce uh, Dr. Paul Thomas, and then I will let him introduce himself. So Dr. Thomas, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks so much for having me here, Sean. It's great to yeah. be here. Thank you. So you're a direct primary care doctor. Our viewers and listeners are very familiar with that term. Um, first of all, thank you for doing that. It, you, you, you you know, you guys are revolutionizing medicine, and I believe it's the future of medicine. And our goal is to educate and empower, you know, patients and consumers that they can be in charge of their own health and they can choose um, their own doctor. They don't have to let an insurance company choose their doctor and their healthcare. And um, you guys are really leading that revolution. So um, I appreciate that. So tell me a little bit, Dr. Thomas, how you got into DPC. Yeah, I, I just came to the end of my residency. And I was looking at the prospect of seeing, you know, 20 to 30 patients each day. And I didn't find that fulfilling in residency. And I knew I wouldn't find that fulfilling in practice. And so I started my own direct primary care practice as soon as I graduated my residency training. As soon as I became board certified, I struck out on my own and started my own practice here in Detroit. I, of course, went to some conferences and I visited some other su successful doctors across the country. I did a bit of a road trip to like... Um, Wichita, Kansas, and Denver, Colorado, and I took the best ideas of what was out there in the ecosystem, and I mm -hmm. brought it back to my practice here in Detroit, and I started Plum Health, and we are here we are in Corktown, Detroit, at the old site of the old Tiger Stadium, and we're uh, taking care of people in our community every day. That's awesome, and you know, one thing that I really, really think is awesome is that you're a new graduate. I mean, you know, fairly new, right? And yeah. Right, and... Um, I think it just goes to show that there is a big movement. Uh, we thought that, you know, 10 years ago when DPC kind of got started a little bit, um, it was like, oh, well, you know, there's only the older doctors that are, you know, in a position later in their career are going to be able to do this because the younger graduates are going to be too far in debt. They're not going to be able to do this. It's not going to be a viable practice. They're going to want to sign a big contract with a big healthcare entity and have a guaranteed income. And you have proven that's not necessarily the case. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Cause we need young doctors getting into this movement. Oh, you're welcome. And then, you know, I, I wrote a book on the subject, startup DPC, how to start and grow your own direct primary care practice. And I dedicated an entire chapter to residents who are looking at this and and describing exactly what you talked about. They're looking at a big debt load and they're wondering if it's possible to practice medicine on their own terms rather than being at the mercy of a large health system. And the answer is yes, there is an opportunity if you do it right. If you write a good business plan, if you create a good social campaign, social media campaign, and uh, take care of business on online with search engine optimization, and all those key aspects that are integral to success. 
That's awesome. And I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you wrote a book specific to residents because that will keep the movement going, I hope. So you talk about, um, I can't remember the exact words you use, but being in with a big healthcare system, just being controlled by, controlled by them. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Um, when you're a family medicine physician and you're graduating from residency, you are often offered a contract by the large health system. And within that contract, you are compensated on RVU or relative value units. And that really comes down to the number of patients that you see each day. So if you want to hit a certain salary threshold, you'd have to see at least 20 patients a day. And if you want to get to a higher salary threshold, maybe 30, 35, or even 40 patients each day. If you break that down, let's say on average, you're seeing 24 patients a day, which is the average for a family physician. You get about 20 minutes per patient in an eight hour working day. And you're spending two thirds of your time documenting that encounter into the electronic medical record. And one third of your time actually looking into your patient's eyes, holding their hand, listening to their concerns. And so, you know, as a physician, I was looking at that and saying, there's no way I want to spend eight minutes of my time actually talking to my patients and then 12 minutes of my time staring at my computer and typing in uh, check boxes and all that kind of stuff that's meaningless for patient care. And then on top of that, the average physician takes home 86 minutes of work every night in what's called pajama notes. They pour themselves a glass of wine. They start writing it into the EMR to finish their notes for the day because they didn't have enough time during the day. And those are really good physicians who are trying to spend more time actually with their patient and less time on their EMR during the day. And then they get punished by taking it home every night. And maybe they don't have, they're not able to read a bedtime story for their kids or make dinner for the family because they have to do this meaningless clinical documentation. I was looking at that offer and I said, no, thank you. Let me maximize my time with my patients. I'm gonna have fewer patients, but because they pay me this monthly membership, it's all gonna work out in the end, especially if I can work with other doctors who believe in things that I believe in, that we should lower the cost of healthcare and make healthcare accessible for everyone. Then we can create something that's really valuable for our community. Absolutely. And that's exactly what you guys are doing, increasing access. Because um, tell us a little bit about your DPC practice. Patients have 24-7 access to you, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we believe that healthcare should be affordable and accessible. And, you know, there are a lot of different levels that that works on. So, for example, here in Michigan, um, if, you, if you earn less than $17,000 a year, you qualify for Medicaid. But a lot of the folks in our community are bartenders, truck drivers, hairdressers, and they might be making twenty-five dollars or $30,000 a year. And that's too much to qualify for Medicaid, but it's not enough to necessarily afford private insurance. So we take care of a lot of people who fall through the cracks in the traditional healthcare system. And those patients are our patients. They, they make too much to qualify for Medicaid, but they don't make enough to afford private insurance. And therefore, they go without healthcare coverage of any kind until they find our clinic. And we do our best to provide them with comprehensive healthcare services. And our patients who sign up with us, they have our cell phone numbers, they can call, text, or email anytime. And we guarantee a same day or next day appointment at our clinic. Wow, well, kudos to you for doing that. Now, Thanks. I've also heard, you're welcome. I've also heard that, um, I know that there's some DPC practices, I don't know the, the legality in your area, but I know in Washington State, there's a DPC practice that actually has some Medicaid patients on his panel. And the reason why is because 
typically um, he can get in Medicaid, he can get any patient in faster than the big clinic can get the Medicaid patient in. Can you expand on that? Do you have any of those um, patients? Sure. Yeah. Uh, a big misconception is that you have to be uninsured to be a part of our clinic, but that's simply not true. Anyone who can pay the membership can be a part of our clinic. And so we take people from all income spectrum. So we do have some patients who are enrolled in Medicaid who seek out care from our clinic. Again, we don't bill or use Medicaid, but uh, we still serve patients of all insurance coverages or those folks who are under or uninsured. And then we take folks who are uninsured. We take folks with HMO plans, PPO plans, even like platinum, Blue Cross Blue Shield plans, those sort of patients who have those high ticket price plans from their employer, for example, still find that they can have better access to us because they can text us or email us. And then we guarantee a same day appointment. So for example, we have some executives in our clinic who text us at 9.30 or 10 and say, can I be seen today? And I'll text them back and say, yes, I have an opening at 11 or 11.30 or 12. And they love that because they're getting immediate access to their healthcare resource, which is what they want, even though they have a platinum insurance plan they still find a lot of value in our service. That says a lot about your service. And I would like you to speak on, so Medicaid patients don't pay anything directly for healthcare, right? Well, Yet, yeah, they, they don't pay anything for health insurance. Ins right, that's right, correct. Yes. Now, so can you speak to the fact that they're not paying anything for health insurance, but they're willing to pay you um, to, to, to be seen, which kind of, I guess it talks about the other system, right? Can you explain that other system of why they can't be seen as fast well, as you can? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so few primary care physicians in the city of Detroit, and that's because of a whole s slew of economic forces that are greater than our clinic or our community. But let's just take a look at it. If you have, in, De in the city of Detroit, there's one primary care doctor for every 6,000 residents. Okay, one primary care physician for 6,000 residents. Now, if you just go north of Detroit into Oakland County, one of the wealthiest counties in America, there's one primary care physician for every 600 residents. So there's a 10x disparity in access to healthcare. So let's say you live in Detroit and you have Medicaid. Um, just because you have Medicaid and insurance plan doesn't mean you have access to a healthcare facility in your neighborhood because there's so few primary care physicians. I would estimate that there's probably somewhere between 75 and 100 primary care doctors for the entire city of Detroit with about 600,000 residents or so. So that's where you get that one doc for every 6,000 residents. And so just by the virtue of locating our practice in the city of Detroit in an under in a medically underserved community, um, it, it's technically we're in a uh, health professional shortage area or an HPSA. And just by virtue of being here, we attract a ton of people who have been shut out of the healthcare system because even though they have insurance, they don't have access because they can't drive, they don't own a car. Only, you know, there's like 35% of Detroiters don't have access to reliable transportation. So, you know, two thirds of your, your city could drive to a doctor's appointment in Oakland County, but one third of them can't because they don't have a car. So they're relying on buses. And for us, we're, that's important to us. So we're very close to the main transit center in the city. We're on a major bus route so we can take care of folks who don't have cars, you know, just little things like that, that people don't think about. Um, and, and, and as a physician, you know, I'm not blaming individual physicians, but they're 
they make a rational decision. They set up their clinics in communities with the you know highest incomes and therefore the best health insurance coverage. Because as we know, health insurance is tied to your job and uh, doctors choose to locate their practices where they're going to have the best payer mix or the best reimbursement from those health insurance companies. And it leaves low-income communities underserved, which is exactly what we see in Detroit. And therefore, just by virtue of being here in the city, we attract a ton of people who are low income um, and and they uh, they get excellent service and they're super grateful that we're here now. So it's uh, it's been a great uh, experience for us as as physicians as well. And it's just a reminder, um, Dr. Marion um, Mass was on my podcast last week and you know, um, she coined a term coverage does not equal care. And it's just, you know, it's just a reminder that, you know, those patients that have coverage through Medicare, um, if they can't access a doctor, they don't get care. So it doesn't matter what kind of coverage they have. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, people can conflate health insurance and health care all the time. And, and in fact, they're two distinct entities. What we offer at our clinic at Plum Health here in Detroit is health care. Um, you need health insurance, and that really should be a financial tool that protects you from bankruptcy in the case of accidents or emergencies or cancer or stroke or whatever. Um, but healthcare, the day-to-day -day relationship that you have a, with a physician and the ability to have an appointment when you need it, that's really healthcare, and that's completely separate from health insurance. Now, you were speaking about some patients that have transportation issues um, getting into your clinic. Um, I know you had a recent video that went viral because you make house calls. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Can you speak about that? Yeah. So um, I, I make house calls for my patients um, and I, I try to make healthcare affordable and accessible for everyone in our community. And as a part of that, there are folks who are shut in because of uh, you know neuromuscular disorders or old age or lack of tra uh, transportation access. And so I do make house calls for my patients uh, who need it. And I made a house call for one of my elderly patients. She's 94. She's having a really bad headache. I went out to her home and evaluated her. Um, and I actually, I, as we were leaving, I was like, you know what? Uh, I was with a medical student. I just asked her, could you take a photo of me, you know, just out here on the sidewalk? I had my medical bag and my stethoscope around my neck and uh, she did she snapped a quick photo i post all the time on social media channels every week just about and uh that one just went viral for some reason and i think it's just because i look like an old school doctor that and people really don't see that house call element anymore but uh you know perhaps one percent of my visits with my patients are house calls um so it's not a huge part of my practice but it does help for those folks who are elderly or uh, unable to make it into our our clinic for whatever reason. Wow, that is that is super cool, and I can see why it went viral because it's not it's not very common anymore, and um, it just makes it, you know that you must have really made that that patient's day for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they people definitely appreciate that you know extra care and extra touch, and uh, you know for her daughters who take care of her, it's a it's a really big thing because they. Again, they get that immediate access when they need it. So you spoke to a group of medical students um, a few months ago. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I do speak to medical students pretty often. Uh, I, I just welcomed our newest class of Wayne State 
medical school matriculants, the incoming first year medical students at a uh, welcome to Detroit lecture. And I really talked about how they can make an impact on the medical system and here in Detroit. We say uh, here in Detroit that Detroit's big enough to matter in the world, but small enough for you to matter in it. So, you know, even as a medical student, as a resident, as a young physician, you can make an impact that affects the whole world in a way. And uh, I'm really excited for these medical students to start their journey to uh, have some of the experiences that I had in medical school uh, to be a part of the fabric of the community. You know, for example, when I was in medical school, I, I volunteered um, at Cass Clinic for low-income folks, and that's really where I really developed my love of family medicine. We also created something called the student-run free clinic on the east side. So it's completely student-run, as the name implies, by Wayne State students, and they take care of folks who do slip through the cracks um, in the health insurance system. And then uh, there's also another group that I worked with to start uh, called Street Medicine Detroit, where we as groups of uh, medical students would go out and meet with homeless folks on the street and deliver medical care to them. Um, so, you know, those are three things that I was really uh, proud of to be a part of when I was a medical student. So I introduced students to those things and also all the coffee places where they can study, the great places to go to dinner when their parents come to town and some of the cultural amenities here yeah. in Detroit that they can enjoy. Well, and that's super cool that you're inspiring um, medical students because I, I want you to talk a little bit about this because I know there's a lot of doctors that have not done the same thing you have um, that they would they would they would not recommend that um, people choose medicine because of the big healthcare systems that you were trying to avoid. So obviously, you're talking to students, so you must still. Um, you know, encourage them to go into medicine, but what, how, do you encourage them to do the same thing you're doing? Sure. I mean, if, you know, the, I, direct primary care is not for everybody. You have to have a certain amount of grit and entrepreneurialism to start your own practice. Perhaps if you wanted to sign up with another doctor that's, you know, already established, it's going to be a lot easier, especially if you're just focusing on patient care. You don't have to worry about the branding, marketing, uh, public relations, that sort of stuff that goes into having successful practice. Um, but yeah, I definitely encourage people to pursue medicine because there is an opportunity to affect change and, and be the physician you're meant to be, especially in this direct primary care model. And I think if enough of us stand up to the large health insurance systems and, you know, start taking care of patients on our own terms, the way they should be taken care of, we can make a huge change in the entire system. And I think we're getting closer where people recognize health insurance and healthcare are two different things and that direct primary care physicians are leading that change in offering excellent health care. I agree with you 100%, Dr. Thomas, and I, and I do think that it is changing for sure. Um, I think in, in, in the initial startup of DPC, I think one of the um, barriers maybe a little bit was you didn't have um, – a lot of a lot of specialists that were that were into the same model. Um, do you see that changing? Um, I, I it's hard to say. I haven't seen many specialists go direct care route, especially here in Michigan. A lot of uh, physicians, as you know, are tied to the insurance reimbursement, and so are married to the insurance reimbursement. So for us, what we do is we try to find specialists who will take cash-paying patients and work with our patients who are uninsured to help get them access. And 
you know, I, t- I work with a dermatologist here in Detroit who sees my patients for $138 per visit, which is tremendous. Yeah. And then we also work with a cardiologist. They charge $150, plus they charge $100 for like an echocardiogram. They charge $100 for a Holter monitor, um, you know, things like that, that you know, it's an at cost service, $250 isn't going to break someone. And if that saves them from being billed by an insurance company, you know, those same services, like in a visit with a cardiologist and an echocardiogram could easily be a thousand dollars if billed through insurance. And so, uh, we also do that with ENT, our ENT doctor in town sees people for $150 and they charge, uh, an additional 50 if you're getting like a nasopharyngoscope you know, something like that. So $200 is a manageable expense for most people where if they need that kind of service, we're going to get it for them and, and work with our local specialist to get it done. And I am going to, I, I think, you know, I, I uh, network with a lot of DPC physicians like yourself and just um, on social media um, also. And I'm also a member of the Free Market Medical Association. And I saw that um, they had interviewed an orthopedic surgeon that is doing a direct care um, service. So he is cash only. He's in Colorado. I'm going to actually have him on my podcast. And I think, I think the, 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 the grassroots effort from the primary care doctors had obviously had to start before the specialist could start. So I do think there's a future in it. You know, obviously surgery of Oklahoma, which I've talked about a lot on, on our podcast, you know, there's, you know, a group of surgeons and well, I'm Dr. Smith, you know, is the co-founder, but you know, there's surgeons that, do cash surgeries there that, I mean, for tremendous discounts versus a hospital. So I do see that, you know, there is a market for more specialists in the future. And, and I know dermatologists that they haven't built insurance for years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I guess it depends on the specialty too, for sure. Definitely. Um, and then, you know, just being a good, uh, good physician, you're, you know, I have the time to actually make those calls and find out what those prices are, or I can direct my medical assistant to make the call. For example, we had somebody who needed a gallbladder operation and, you know, Surgery Center of Oklahoma, I think they do it for like $3,600. And we called our local hospital and told them that, and they spoke to their billing department and they said they couldn't that. It was like $3,600 or $3,700. So, and to put that in context, if you're, let's say, 40 years old, 45 years old, you need a gallbladder removal. Um, and you're looking at buying health insurance on the on the market or through an exchange, you might be ch- be charged forty five, you know, four hundred fifty dollars a month, four hundred dollars a month. Let's say you're paying for that four hundred dollars a month. That's four thousand eight hundred dollars for the year. And then if if you're enrolled with us, it's only about eight hundred dollars a year. And then how many times are you going to need a major surgery or a major operation? Uh, maybe once every five years. And if you, if that's the case, then you're saving money by not being on that insurance plan. You know, it's, I think people have to look at these, the true cost of health insurance and how much their value they're actually getting out of it. And then even if you have insurance, doesn't guarantee that it's going to cover all of that procedure. They may only cover 50%. So you might be left with, you know, a few thousand dollars. Um, right. And after you that procedure. 
used a great example of the uh, the echocardiogram. So let's say you have commercial insurance and they charge you $1,000 for echocardiogram and you pay 20%. You pay $200 for the echo, but you just got done saying that you have a cardiologist that can do an echo for $100 cash. So that's a no-brainer exactly. in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, and we hear totally. those stories all the time. You know, I mean, I honestly believe, Dr. Thomas, that the health insurance system is a racket. It's a ripoff. It's a scam. The hospitals and the big healthcare entities are are um, in collusion together, and they're accessories to the crime. I really honestly believe that. That's why I don't really typically recommend any kind of health insurance because we have options. I think we need something for catastrophic stuff, but that we have health sharing ministries and programs. So that's usually typically what I recommend when people um, ask me. Yeah. I mean, those are available. I I don't think they work great for everyone because, you know, the ministry part of it, you know, we have people who are not uh, people of faith who also need coverage. And there's, I I think as this grows, there are going to be more options. Um, I'm not, I'm not really impressed by the existing faith-based health share ministry options. And, and I totally understand. And I wrote a book about you know about art this subject it's called sickened how the government ruined healthcare and how to fix it mm-hmm. and part of the fix is you know doctors like yourself um you sure. know, getting getting out of the the racket and part of the fix is too is health sharing programs and i don't call it ministries anymore because there are programs out there that are not faith-based mm-hmm. we interviewed one of them i would love for you to check it out it's called new health k-n-e-w they are mm-hmm. non, non-faith-based, and they, they focus on health and wellness, and they work with a lot of DPC doctors like yourself. So, the, you know, I, I was concerned, just like, your, just like your comment when I was writing the book, and that was one of my, my um, fixes was health sharing ministries. And I thought, well, what about people that don't have any faith? And mm-hmm. then in 2018, the healthcare law changed, and they were able to um, – new health came into to, to play. So, you know, please, uh, you know, check it out. Cause it's, uh, your patients, some patients might, it might work for some patients. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll definitely look into it, but yeah, th- I mean, that's a new thing if they start in 20, it is. So it is. It have to sure is. check it out. Yeah. Well, um, I thank you for being on today. That about wraps up our show. I, I, I know you're a busy doctor and, um, how would you like to, in the, in the last, minute that we have how would you like to end the show and um how do how could people get a hold if they have any more questions sure um you can reach out to me uh paul at plumhealthdpc.com is my email address you can call our office if you're looking for the sort of care for yourself or your family 313-444-5630 otherwise we've got a ton of content on our website on our blog on our youtube channel instagram twitter etc it's all plumhealthdpc um, our website's plumhealthdpc.com. Our Instagram is at plumhealthdpc. Um, and our Twitter is at plumhealthdpc as well. So really easy to find us across uh, social media channels and online. And I'm happy to help you. If you're a physician looking to start your own practice, uh, you can check out my sister's site. It's uh, startupdpc.com. ton of resources for doctors who are wanting to do this. And um, I'll, I'll keep on doing this, doing the thing. And helping our patients in our community and also helping doctors to start their own practice to further the movement and uh, keep pushing, you know, the keep pushing this conversation forward and uplifting the doctor patient relationship. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for doing this. 
And um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on with us today. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks for the great questions. And uh, thanks for watching everyone in the audience. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Monday because we will have a great guest on at 1 to 2 p.m. And as always, we'll be streaming on Monday, 1 to 2 p.m. Dr. Thomas, thank you today. And we will talk to you later. All right. You're welcome. Have a great one.